Yes, indeed. Good morning. Greetings. There is a war going on for our souls. Father God, we thank you that you are steadfast. You do not change. You are the same yesterday, today, and forever. You do not change the rules, and you do not cheat. We thank you for that. We thank you that your word is good all the way through, from beginning to end, from Eden to Armageddon. Your word is good. Your word does not change. The rules do not change. We thank you, Lord, that you are faithful to complete the work, the promises, to keep your promises. Lord God, no matter what Satan makes it look like, you are faithful. And so we thank you for that. We can be thankful that you are faithful because you are the only one that we can go to for justice. So we praise you and thank you for this day and for this time. I pray now that you give our listeners eyes to see, ears to hear, and a heart to be encouraged, to be warmed, to be reset, reoriented to the truth. Father God, and that we would not be knocked off of the base, the solid foundation of Jesus Christ through the wars and through the whipping around of lies and accusations, or that we would stand in having done all to stand. And so we say thank you, Jesus, and thank you for this day, and thank you for the attitude of gratitude. Amen. Amen. Hey, Amen. Thanksgiving is right upon us. Yeah, huh? Thanksgiving Day. And day. actually, mm. you know, that official proclamation that was years ago that we have a Thanksgiving Day. Yeah. And every day really is to be a Thanksgiving Day. Day of Thanksgiving, right. Yeah. And, and it's, it's like so important. It, in our culture here in America, it's like Thanksgiving is just kind of like, Lost. well, it's a good reason to have Black Friday so people can buy a whole yeah. bunch of stuff yeah. to get ready for Christmas. It's where we catch our breath between Halloween it's, it's and Christmas, kind, right? Yeah, that's about yeah. it. But we forget about it. Let's, let's look at... The power you know, of Thanksgiving. The power of Thanksgiving. Yeah. So mm-hmm. we're we're coming against something that's... Thankfulness comes against something. I, I really believe that there is a spirit of complacency and entitlement, entitlement yeah, yeah, and um, ingratitude. Mm-hmm. In in uh, well, at least in America, we're speaking from America, and it's probably you know other places as well. But what Paul writes to Timothy in Second Timothy chapter three, mm-hmm. verses one and two, he says, "But know this that in the last days perilous times will come." Yeah. The perilous times means times Dangerous. of stress. Amplified Bible says hard to deal with. Yeah. Hard, hard so to deal with. And boy, are we living in times like this. And, and why is that? Verse 2, for men will be lovers of themselves, mm-hmm. lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanders without self-control, Bluter, uh, brutal, <laughs> uh, brooding too, actually. Well, anyway, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power, and from such people turn away. Well, we'd be turning away from a lot of people if we turn away from those people. But let's go back to verse 2, mm-hmm. unthankful. Mm-hmm. unthankful. There, there's, a, there's a spirit of, like you said, unthankfulness, that is uh, in the land today. Well, I believe that what happens is people are um, looking only at themselves and what they need, what's re- what they're entitled to have, what they deserve. And, and, and in that, they're trying to um, uh, wait. I guess thankfulness in- acknowledges a source outside of yourself, actually. Thankfulness, gratitude towards God, acknowledges that God is their source. And if we don't have God as our source, and we are our source, and we're taking care of ourselves, then obviously gratitude and thankfulness are out of the picture. They're not necessary because we have done it. Our, for, uh, we, we're our, our own boss. We're our own God. We're our own provider. We did it ourselves. We pulled ourselves up by our own bootstraps. But gratitude actually acknowledges it's a form of worship. It's a form of, of um, you know, acknowledging that God is the one who's given and God is the one who supplies. Well, yeah, and if you believe there is no God or we right. are our own gods, then we just kind of thank ourselves. It's all, mm-hmm. it's all kind of in the cesspool of self. Well, then. I think it really goes back to that entitlement. It's 
I deserve. You've got to give me. It's grabbing. It's grabbing and not grateful. You're grabbing the um, uh, the place, the position, the 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 the, the seat, the the, uh, the 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 limelight, whatever you're grabbing, because of greed and because of insecurity, because uh, thankfulness is actually built on faith. So, the the thing is, um, you know, I see thankfulness. The Bible is very clear. Thankfulness is an attitude of gratitude. Is an attitude of it's really health. It really brings health to us to not be in that place of anxiety or uh, being offended. You know, when you're thankful, you can't be offended. When you're thankful, you can't be ungrateful. When, you, when you're thankful, you can't be unbelieving. Um, you're you're focusing on, and that's what it's about: focusing on the truth of who God is and where our the good things come from. So we have to, yeah. Well, let's look at uh, Romans chapter one and there's a there's a danger of ingratitude that we need to take a look at here Uh Uh, it's a very serious thing with it's not just like oh you know sending thank you cards although that's very nice that's very nice that's very good that's very uh, appropriate of course but it it says in romans chapter one uh let's see here um verse 18 probably yeah we'll start with verse 18 through 21 for the wrath of god is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness unrighteousness of, and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness what could we talk about that for a few minutes yeah suppress the truth suppress in unrighteousness. or hold down the truth we don't want the truth mm-hmm. you know and it's like that, and because that, it doesn't uh, fit our agenda and because you know our agenda is not in sync with god's obviously if we suppress the truth but this leads to um well, well, people have no clue, for the most part, have no clue what truth is. Or what the battle is all about what, down what, here. What's going on, yeah. Or that there even is a battle that goes beyond and, what, what and our if, eyes if can see. And if someone brings truth into they be, the, oh, into Paul the said scene. said it this way. He says, do I make myself a prey because I tell you the truth? So people who speak yeah, the truth become myself. a prey and a target. Yeah, am I your enemy of, because of malish, I tell you the malicious, truth? Malicious uh, words and things so, like that. So anybody that comes and brings out the truth because Satan is the liar. in our day. Is is really gets slapped and slammed because the God of this world is a liar and he hates the truth and he hates people who bring the truth and he hates people who are thankful because if you're thankful that means you're confident right and and it says verse nineteen of Romans one because what may be known of God is manifest in them for God has shown it to them for since the creation of the world not the evolution of the world (laughs) the creation of the world his invisible attributes are clearly seen being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. So we're not to worship the creation, but the heaven the heavens yeah. declare the glory of God. Yeah, and, but and the from firmament the, shows his the, the cre- creation declares the glory of God, like you said. It, it, it reveals the truth. It talks about that basically the creation, all the creation, and the more... Uh, information and true science there is, the more we should be able to acknowledge see. the creator. But it seems like there's there's more and more science, which is f- science falsely called so. Mm-hmm. It gets away well, from th- the truth, the reality of a creator well, God. Well, what Satan is trying to do here is move the origin. The origin is in God, the creator. And, right. and Satan is just trying to slip that over a notch to make the origin, our origin, coming from alien invasions or uh, other gods or other chance happenings yeah and, and so he's he, he's a liar but he's formed a, a reality based on the lies of the origin not being in god and so everything else is off kilter yeah and it says um because verse 21 because although they knew god so it talks about there was way back way 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 back in human history early on there was this knowledge of God, and basically this knowledge of God has been <coughs> diminished over the centuries. It's increased in many ways theologically, but it's diminished in, in practical, everyday society of human beings. They did not glorify him as God. Okay, mm-hmm. You know, God, you, mm-hmm. if you don't glorify God, then you won't be thankful, Okay, nor were thankful. Mm-hmm. But became futile in their thoughts, and yes. their foolish hearts were darkened. darkened. So look at, look yeah. at, look at the downward go. course. Downward, if you yeah. don't glorify God, mm-hmm. and, and if you're not thankful to Him, yep. 
You become futile in your thoughts. Vain. Your foolish pointless. hearts are darkened. Yep. You profess to be wise, but you become and you, fools. And you've got a form of what you think is the truth that's total deception. Right. And then you get into idolatry. Yep. Change the glory. Verse 23. Yep. Change the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man and, oh. and birds and four-footed <coughs> beasts and creeping things. And then what happens? Mm-hmm. God gives you up to a reprobate the, mind. God gave them over to up to uncleanness. Mm-hmm. Boy, this is what we So they saw they lost their own mm-hmm. identity in refusing to yep. acknowledge God and his identity as origin creator father. They they actually lost sense concept of who they were. Now they're made like four-footed beasts. They're worshiping that. They're becoming what they worship. They're worshiping Confusion and chaos right, is right. what they're worshiping. So they're, you get into uncleanness and the lust of their hearts, dishonoring bodies, sexual perversion, yep. We're, yeah. gender confusion, yep. uh, mutilating the body. AIDS. Mutilating the bodies yep. with all kinds of, I can say, tattoos and marks of um, violence in, against the, the temple of God. Metal into your body and yeah. piercings. and it, it, it's, it's just so distorted that. That the only way you can get out of that diabolical distortion, the grip of Satan, who has perverted every good holy thing, is to come back to the Lord and, and, and begin to be grateful and thankful and recognize the truth. Ask God to give you the revelation of the truth. Right, because what they did here, it says, what we have done is we've exchanged the truth of God for the lie and yep. worship and serve the creature rather than the creator. And so it says, verse oh. 26, God gave them up. Verse 28, mm-hmm. they did not like to retain God in their knowledge. We don't even want to think about yeah, God. We yeah. don't want to acknowledge oh, him. We're, we don't it's so gone. He's him. so gone out of every TV show. He's so gone out of everything that you can passively, all of the things that are going on to brainwash us. But you know, that spirit for Christians, I know we know this is true. We are believers in God. But we can also recognize that murmuring, complaining, ingratitude is a very slippery slope for believers. You can be at the top of the precipice of righteousness and holiness, but if you begin to murmur and complain and are not grateful, it is a slippery slope that brings you down into bitterness and complaining and murmuring, grumbling, which which sets us up in a, in a, 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 a oppos- in opposition to the Lord God and His goodness. So, really, gratitude and, and gratefulness, thankfulness, is recognizing the consistent goodness of God. God does not change. He is the same yesterday, today, forever. He doesn't change, like I said, he doesn't change the rules. He doesn't, he, he doesn't take bribes. He doesn't, uh, he doesn't back down. He's not, he's not uh, vicious or vindictive or insecure. God is not insecure that he has to have it his way and be a bully. God knows who he is and he knows what's going on. And we can be grateful and thankful that this, this anchor of truth will not move in the midst of this horrible, violent storm that will take out many people. It said even if possible, the very elect would be deceived. We're in those days where we must check our attitude. You know, really, what is, what are we thankful for? We always say the, the, the trite, not the trite, sorry, the, the, the typical. We say, well, family and friends and food and warm house and blah, blah, blah. And that's all awesome, awesome, awesome. But those are the blessings of God. But what is thankfulness? It is a happy waiting. It's being happy in the midst of the pain and the offense, the injustice, the unanswered prayer, the rejection, the disappointment. Thankfulness is our defense and our protection against the attitude enemies of our soul because Satan wants to come in and divide the house by setting your soul up in opposition to your spirit so that you begin to murmur and look at what it looks like, what you don't have, what you thought you were going to get, what you're disappointed about, what didn't work out, the prayers that didn't get answered, and we begin to become in, put in that place where we're complaining against the, the, the wisdom and the goodness of God. In Psalm 106, verses 24 and 25, it says, Then they despised, this is talking about God's people, they despised the pleasant land. They did not believe his word, but murmured in their tents and did not heed the voice of the Lord. You realize how much <clears throat> we take in every day of griping and murdering, murmuring and complaining. Well, and you know, this is what the heart is full of the mouth speaks. So if we're hearing our mouth speak those things or add to those complaints uh, in, a, in a non-constructive way, if we're not giving wisdom, if we're not giving hope, if we're not giving uh, praise and acknowledgement to the Lord God in all these situations, then we actually become a weight and a part of the problem 
and we're becoming taken out in our souls and our our mouth is the tongue is a little unruly member and in Paul James says out of the they're not be can't be salt and 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 um, fresh water out of the same well but inside of us we notice what comes out is a mixture so what he's saying is we're not consistent inside there's a war going on just like Paul said James said the same thing and so we have to recognize there's a war so whose side are you on you know I'm on the Lord's side Joshua said as for me in my house we will serve the Lord but thankfulness is really it's a declaration of faith it's a declaration of victory over what you have been through even though you're not maybe all the way through it declaration of faith i believe i'm thank you thank you god praise you god you've got this god i i trusting you god so thankfulness is really a demonstration of our faith and it's a demonstration of what's going on in our heart if your heart is full of grumbling murmuring and complaining you have a battle going on that you need to address and you need to tell that spirit of unthankfulness murmuring complaining fear doubt double-mindedness disappointment rejection that those are all spirits demonic spirits tempting you putting those feelings in your mind and in your heart to persuade you to go along with it is what it is and murmur and complain. So you give them words that they can actually turn around and use against you as weapons. Well, we live in this world of, of multiplied, multiplied, multiplied <laughs> evil. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we got, it's just exponentially I mean, I mean, multiplying. Every day it's exponential yeah. mm-hmm. evil that gets communicated to us on a regular basis through the internet and, and everything else. But, what so we're seeing all this stuff going on in all kinds of evil all kinds of injustice all kinds of corruption mm-hmm. so the, what the, manner of men ought we to be in these days so, is that so what you're be, saying being thankful you said god jesus christ is the same yesterday today and forever god has not changed you know even we're in the midst of that but well, this is what, what it is. What is the key to being, you know, thankful in the midst? Delight yourself of a in the Lord. Delight generation. yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. As we are, re- this is a war in our soul. We don't recognize that we are at war within ourselves. We think the war is all out there. No, the war actually is on two fronts. It's both inside of us and outside of us. You know, thankfulness, like I said, is is faith in the declaration that God is good and God is will keep his promises. So when the enemy is at war in our soul and we're in the middle of a soul war, which we we're, which marches against our mind and our heart every day, um, looking for a way to take us out. This is what Satan is doing. He's marching against your soul, against your perceptions. He's, he's filtering things through your eyes in an incorrect way. You're using the filters, you, you, the, the lenses, looking at the world through negativity, through hopelessness. You know, people are born with these lenses. I tell you what, this is part of the generational junk. Not everybody has those lenses. Some people have them. Some people are more predisposed to addiction, some to religion, some to negativity, t- some to hopelessness. These are lenses. These are filters. These are spirits. These are predispositions that we have been raised with and trained to use. We need to take off those lying lenses and say, what does the word of God say? And you know, you go to your preacher, you go to your church, you go to your devotional and you read your Christian books and your Christian psychology books and you think you're going to find the answer. And more than likely you will not, especially make note, if that book you're reading is on the New York bestseller list, it is not from God. Mm. Satan does not promote the things of God at all, at all. Now, if it's up there and it has a Christian title, there may be some Christianese in it. But if it's got 3% arsenic, it's still poison. And so just, you know, uh, this is, how do you tell but without reading it? Every, well, I'll tell you what, if the book is really popular and if everybody's reading it and everybody's promoting it and the church is promoting it, it's probably not of God. That's just an aside. That's a bunny rabbit trail. You can come back with me now. We're going back to thankfulness. Thanksgiving, really, in this soul war. Think about it. This is this is a war that goes on in our soul that we can see how it's going by listening to what our mouth says. Um, this march against our minds. But Thanksgiving, being thankful, is like a ointment. It's like a perfect ointment that and a great disinfectant for the wounded heart. You know, delight, joy. That's why Paul says, in everything, give thanks. In everything. So if everything is going wrong, bad, turned upside down, looks like it's all lost. He, you still have one thing that you can do. You don't know what to do. You don't have any choices or options. You know, you're trapped, you're bullied, you're cornered, you're whatever. You're lied against, they're lying about you. 
one thing you can still do, and that is what in everything, no matter what thing, everything, give thanks. I know it's hard. I know it goes against everything that you're wanting to do. You're wanting to become bitter, you know, demand justice, take ma- take action. But before you do any of that, you quiet yourself. You're not going to run off and do this war without God's guidance. So you rejoice in everything. Give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. So that ointment covers comforts. You know, when you read the whole book, the Bible, you do see that in the end, we absolutely win and the wicked will be put down. Right now, it looks like the wicked are sneaking around, cheating, lying. And they are. And they absolutely are. And you know what? That And they're permitted to do it and they get by with it. Because why? Because their father, the devil, the God of this world, is permitting it. And these people are either being deceived and gullible and herded like masses over to the edge of the cliff, or they're going to stop and say, wait a minute, wait, that's not who I am. That's not where I'm going. I don't need to fight. This battle is not my battle. This battle is the Lord's. The battle belongs to the Lord. So get out of the battle and start praising. What did God have them do in Moses's day when they were going around? Well, Joshua too, going around the, the walls of Jericho when and Moses was fighting. Um, what was his name? An, uh, Anakim? No. Malachites. The Malachites. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Amalek. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What did he do? He stood up and raised his hands and praised the Lord. Praise, praise, praise God. And who won? Moses, who was he up against? Giants, giants, not little guys. And his guys basically came out of the desert and they didn't have any swords. They didn't have uh, nothing. They didn't really have anything. They just fought the good fight with praise and, and praise is the weapon. Well, thanks, Thanksgiving, you know, and praise, they, they really go very closely together. You know, in, in Second Chronicles 20, Mm-hmm. They're coming against the Moab, the Ammonites, the Moabites, the Mount Seir people. They come against Judah, and uh, what they did, they said, "Okay." They said, "Well, what are we going to do?" Jo- Jehoshaphat, uh, let's see. Put the yeah. Yeah, he said, Second uh, Chronicles twenty seventeen. You will not need to fight in this battle. Position yourselves, mm-hmm. stand still, and see the salvation Amen. of the Lord who is with you. That's what he said to Moses too. Stand still. So sometimes the best thing we can do is. The best action we Get can your take footing. is to, the best action mm-hmm. we can take mm-hmm. is to stand still on the rock. On mm-hmm. uh, old Judah and Jerusalem, He's with you. Don't fear. Don't be dismayed. Mm-hmm. Tomorrow, go out against them. The Lord is with you. And Jehoshaphat, the king, bowed his head with his face to the ground, and all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem bowed before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. Mm-hmm. And the then the Levites, the children of the Kohathites, and the children of the Korahites stood up to praise the Lord, mm-hmm. God, the Lord God of Israel, with voices loud and high. And they rose early in the morning and went out to the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you shall be established. Believe his prophets, and you shall prosper. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed those who should sing to the Lord Hallelujah. and who should praise the beauty of holiness, and they went out, as they went out before the army, they were saying, praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. Now when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set ambushes against the people of Ammon, Moan, and Mount Seir who had come against Judah, and they were defeated. Hallelujah. So, Can you get one, one more thing? You know, you get that phrase, or you've heard of that phrase, maybe you haven't, but it's a, there's a phrase that says, jumping Jehoshaphat. That is that comes from this scripture, that Jehoshaphat, you know, he wasn't freaking out when he got the letter that they were going to, you know, attack them. Um, but he began to send out the singers, the praisers, the, the ones to declare the goodness of God, delighting in God, trusting in God, declaring God. And that's how we dance on the devil's head by thanks. Don't let the devil get to you. He's got to the, he may have got to your finances. He may have got to your kids. He may have got to your your uh your health but he don't don't let him get to you you are not those things those are things that that are afflicting attacking surrounding part of important to you but they are not you you know and and this this is this thankfulness is an attitude of health it's an attitude that makes the heart healthy and it fights the fear it fights it, it actually fights heart disease i really believe it because when people are sick they're afraid they're afraid oh no i've got cancer i've got heart disease oh i've got clotted arteries i got blah 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 uh, fear is cast out. Fear is torment. Fear is cast out by love, and love worships. Love praises. Love is thankful. 
So back backing up a little bit with this incident with Jehoshaphat mm-hmm. and, and the people of Israel, he said, um, people of Judah, actually, uh, for we have no power, verse 12 of Second Chronicles 20, we have no power against this great multitude that is coming against us, nor do we know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. And God gave him the plan to... Uh, you know, go forth with. Mm-hmm. And As, so, yeah, but, and God's but, but plans this are is, this silly is where we sometimes are in our day. looking. We have, there's a multitude of evil mm-hmm. from transhumanism to, you know, technology, homosexuality to political corruption. Corruption, there's skies, diseases, the vibrations, the air, frequencies, the health, vibration, and food. the water, the food, everything. Mm-hmm. It's a great multitude that has come against us. And we don't, he says, we don't know what to do. There's times we seem like we're. It seems like we're very powerless to make any difference at all because it's like a it's a it's a multifaceted, uh-huh. multi-pronged invasion. Mm-hmm. But but our eyes are upon the Lord. We're looking to you, Lord, not to ourselves. And they kept see mm-hmm. what praise mm-hmm. does mm-hmm. is gets your attention off yourself yes. and the circumstances and onto the Lord. Yes. And when your attention is fully on the Lord all these things can be coming against us but there is there is uh, at least a measure of victory that will come mm-hmm. as we keep uh, trusting him and praise one uh, writer years ago said that uh, praise is the spark plug of faith in other words it's part of faith it mm-hmm. it shows mm-hmm. praise and thanksgiving mm-hmm. shows ignites, that we're trusting god faith. Mm-hmm. no matter what it looks like yeah. what it feels like right. what it sounds like right and, and you have to go, in a sense, you have to go against reality. Right, exactly. Reality makes you feel things and think things. Reality is the enemy of the truth. It really is. And people have been immersed in demonic reality. Satan has set this snake pit up to psychologically condition us to believe uh, we are what we do and we are what people say about us, and we've got to be friends with the world. God says in his word, if you're a friend of the world, you can't be my friend, because he's not a friend of Satan, and Satan is the god of this world. Now, this world was created by God, but Satan has absolutely trashed it, violated it, um, put contempt all over it, and hates, hates, hates the people of God. He hates you because you're made in the image of God, and he hates God. And all he wants to do is wring you out and twist you and claw and destroy and shred you in front of God to make God's heart hurt. But God gets the final word on all of it. But back to what you said, when we're not grateful, see, grateful and attitude of thanksgiving puts the focus back on God. If you don't have the focus on God, the only other place it's going to be is you. And you're going to look to yourself or those around you. And if they're not doing the right thing, you're going to be mad at them. And if you're, you feel like it's your fault, you're going to be mad at yourself. And how does that help and profit the kingdom of God. To be mad at yourself, to become your own worst enemy. And we've got to stop that. That is so futile, people. When you just, you know, cross-examine yourself. It's not you cross-examining yourself. It's the enemy. The spirit of guilt and feelings of guilt and responsibility and condemnation and reality and saying, I should have, I could have. It's my fault. That's what you get taught. That I need to take responsibility. No, you don't. You need to be faithful to follow Jesus Christ. The Bible does not use the word responsibility. The word responsibility is a demonically contrived psychological word that Satan uses as a hook to hang you on. Because when you take and agree with and submit to that I, that concept of responsibility, and it's, then you, you get hooked on, okay, it was my responsibility. I should have, I could have, and I didn't, and therefore it's my fault. And therefore you fall right into the pot that guilt is, cooking, is using to cook you in. You, responsibility what did Paul say in Romans seven twenty? He says, if I am doing what I do not want to do, it's not me doing it. It is the sin that dwells within me. And Paul is a Christian when he's saying this. He's not saying, oh, well, maybe, you know, there's a false conversion here because we're still struggling. He didn't say that. He didn't use the word concept of false conversion. You know, I think most Christians need to be converted. They haven't been falsely nothing. They haven't even yet been converted. Peter was converted. He gave up himself. He stopped looking to himself. He stopped trying to plan it out himself. And he walked with God and said, yeah, Lord, of my own self, I can do nothing, but I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And so when you get into that place of, of, of bitterness, I mean, we are so tempted. 
uh, because bitterness comes from anger. Anger comes from offenses, and the world is full of offenses, and bitterness is swallowed anger. Bitterness is when you pull it down into your heart and say, okay, I'm going to stay mad. I'm going to stay mad at you. I'm going to dig in my heels. I'm not going to forgive. I'm not going to say I'm sorry. I'm not going to repent. I'm not going to do anything until you acknowledge you're wrong. Well, that's a strong sense of, of justice and injustice, and you want justice, of course, because you're made by God to want it. But you don't get justice by throwing the fire in the wastebasket and sticking the wastebasket in the closet, and the closet is you. You don't. Your body burns up. Your body, actually, when you stuff your, the bitterness, the injustice, the anger, uh, bitterness against yourself, against others, against God, when you stuff that inside of you, it causes inflammation. You're inflamed inside. And you take all kinds of remedies and herbs and medicines and uh, antibiotics and whatever you take to de, you know, to de-escalate the fire. But the root of the fire is that you are mad, mad at God, mad at yourself, mad at the other people because of the offense. What does God say to do when there's an offense? What does he say? To do? He says, give it to me, forgive, release it to me, give it to the court of heaven. You guys, if you've got offenses and injustices and witchcraft tailing you in your life, what you need to do is to say, stop, whoa, wait a minute. I have no, there's nobody down here probably that's going to find me justice. There's no righteous judge. They're all kind of bought out and bribed. I'm going to go to heaven to get the right judge. And the judge is him, the one who died for us, our father in heaven, his son, Jesus Christ, as the faithful witness, stand ready to acknowledge the truth. So when you forgive, it means I release you from my judgment. I am not the one to judge you. I'm the plaintiff here. Let the judge be the judge and I'll be the plaintiff. Let God of heaven who knows the truth make this thing right. And chances are that the person you're mad at was also being used and deceived and, and, and by the enemy to hurt you. So he's not the problem. The enemy needs to be judged. The spirits of contempt, confusion, bitterness, hatred, violence, murder, bloodshed, injustice, they're the ones who need to be judged by the court. And Jesus Christ, as the faithful witness, knows your knows who you are. The point is, and the problem is, you don't know who you are. You think you are what you do. You think you are what you say. You think you are what you feel and think. That's not who you are. You are who God says you are. And when you know that, and if God doesn't change and you're a son or daughter of the Most High God, that God is going to judge the wicked and you can rejoice in the meantime, that is a great privilege and that is true faith and that is true courage and that is true strength to stand and having done all to stand, to not melt and fold because of the wickedness that's all around you because God is committed to you. He's faithful. He is the one who says, I am faithful uh, to complete the work I've begun in you. That's why we can rejoice and be thankful and not freak out when all this stuff is going on. Let me give you an example of that from the Old Testament, Jeremiah. He, basically, he's, he's kind of complaining to the Lord. He said, you know, uh, Lord, and actually the Lord said, you know what? You're going to go. You're going to preach to my people mm-hmm. that should know better mm-hmm. than what they're doing. Mm-hmm. You're going to preach to them. You're going to be faithful. You're going to give them my word, my message. And he says, when I spoke, I cried out in Jeremiah uh, 19, verse 8. I, I cried out. I shouted violence and plunder. He was he's warning them. He says, basically, he says, I'm in derision daily, verse 7, last part of verse 7. Everyone mocks me. He says, I'm giving people warning. The word of the Lord was... Uh, made to me a reproach and a derision, a shame. And, and, and then, you know, it's like, okay, it's like nobody's listening to me. Mm-hmm. God's people, even God's people, we're not talking about the pagans here. We're talking about the people of God, Israel, mocking the man of God, the prophet of God, the word of God, mm-hmm. refusing to hear. And finally, Jeremiah says, you know what? I'm just going to shut up because... Uh-huh. Uh, his, he said, but then he said, I couldn't, but mm-hmm. his word is in my heart like a burning fire. Verse nine, shut up in my bones. I was weary with holding it back and I could not for I heard many mocking fear on every side report. They say in real report, all my acquaintances watch for my stumbling. Perhaps I, he can be induced. Then we will prevail against him. We'll take our revenge on so his his friends, his acquaintances, they're all after him. Okay, they're all after him. They're just opposed. It's like in our day. Anything that's righteous, anything that's right and true and is being attacked, opposed, maligned, mm-hmm. uh, injustices of all kinds. 
uh, persecutions of all kinds are coming against the, the, the relatively few that are still godly in this world. Mm-hmm. But, um, but then, the, then he says, God, okay, mm-hmm. but the Lord is with me as a mighty awesome one, verse 11. Therefore my persecutors will stumble and will not prevail. They will be greatly ashamed. They will not prosper. Their everlasting confusion will never be forgotten. So he says, he says, let me see your vengeance on them, for you have, I have pleaded my cause before you. And then he gets into this place. <laughs> this is, talk about um, ups and downs, okay? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He says, verse 13, sing to the Lord, praise the Lord, yeah. for he has delivered the life of the poor from the hand of the evildoers. Mm-hmm. He says, praise the Lord. And then the next verse, he says, cursed be the day in which I was born. <laughs> So he's like, oh, we're going to sing to the Lord, praise the Lord. He's our, he's our deliverer. He's, he's, you're he's seeing the deliverer. war as what you're seeing and is the war. And then he's saying, I, I wish I never would have been born. Okay, so that's the war between your soul and your spirit. In your spirit, you're praising, he's praising God. He's happy, he's rejoicing. And, and the soul goes back and says, but wait a minute. Wait a minute, what about all this stuff? What about their reject? So that is exactly what our lovely that's Jeremiah was going through. And don't think that you're not in the same war. And that's why it says the double-minded man is unstable. That's why we need to recognize the war. We need to, maybe Jeremiah did, maybe he didn't. I don't know. Maybe we have more understanding of it than he does. I don't know. Not claiming we do. But the thing is, we can see there very clearly the war. David himself also cried out many times, hear me, O God, give ear to my supplications. In your faithfulness, answer me. The enemy has persecuted my soul. He has crushed my life to the ground. David was in the cave wondering how he's going to get out of there. He, um, he has made me to dwell in darkness, the enemy, like those who've long been dead. Therefore, my spirit is overwhelmed within me. My heart within me is distressed. We're not denying that you don't get to places like this. We get to places like this where it is a, it, this, is, this is spiritual warfare. It's not some glorious, grand, nice little new topic we teach at some conference. Spiritual warfare is gutting it out with your with the attitudes that try to devour you and make you think that those attitudes are you. And so he's saying my soul is crushed, overwhelmed, my you know, I'm distressed. You know, then he says um he he caused me to hear your loving kindness in the morning. Give me ear wake me up not with oh no and anxiety. You guys, if you're waking up with anxiety and depression, those things are not you for crying out loud. Don't give them places. Oh, where's my medication? Oh, I'm anxious. Oh, oh, say, oh, anxiety. Shut your mouth and get out of here. You don't have any right in the temple of God. You didn't buy me. You didn't die for me. You didn't pay for me. Get out of here. You know what? The Bible says, submit to God, resist the devil, he will flee. How many of us do that? We're just so, we're so passive. We're so pathetically overwhelmed by reality that we haven't read the word. You need to get into the word of God and say, whoa, this is our God. Go to, go to Isaiah chapter 40. I think that's the one, 40 through 44. It talks about the awesomeness of God. It's the greatness of God. He says, um, teach me to do your will, for you are my God. Your spirit is good. Lead me into the land of uprightness. Bless the Lord, O oh my rock, who trains my hands for war. He didn't give up. If David would have sat in the cave that day and says, forget it, just forget it. I can't do this. Just forget it. God, I've, I've gone far enough. I've given you everything I got. Wah, wah, wah. He would have never been king of Israel, never. And he would have never brought forth, um, you know, the great nation with the victories. He would have never established Israel as a great nation. Solomon would have never been born. Come on, people. You aren't done yet. Get up. Stand up. Shake yourself off. Praise God and rejoice in Jesus Christ. And I know that all of us who are going to do that are going to be tested. Saying, you want to be thankful? I'll show you what I can do. So don't be a shocked if, if the devil comes and tries to steal away your, your desire or your faith or your victory, but don't give him your words. Your words are weapons. If you give your arrows to Satan, your words, poor me, oh no, I'm mad, it's never going to work. What do you suppose he's going to do with your words, which are bullets? What's he going to do with them? Shoot them back at you. Mm-hmm. There's death and life in the power of the tongue. Stop complaining. If you can't say anything nice, shut your mouth. I remember when I was first saved, and this I'm telling on myself now, I, I, was, I was saved, but I was an obstinate follower of Jesus Christ. I said, okay, God, I'm giving you three months. You either, either, either make this work or not, but three months, that's it, then I'm out. 
and 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 I was and I I finally reluctantly followed Jesus, but I was a major complainer. I would grumble and murmur, especially towards evening. I think it was because I was tired, but I would out of my mouth would just come all kinds of negative garbage. And one day, I don't know, must have been the Holy Spirit. He kind of grabbed me up by the nap of the neck and he says, you know what? If you can't say something nice, if you just keep complaining like this, then shut your mouth. At least no words will be coming out. And I did that. And for many years towards evening, I would just become more quiet. I wouldn't bring up hot topics in the evening. I wouldn't, you know, try to correct my husband. I wouldn't try to control the situation. I wouldn't try to point out injustices. I would just shut my mouth. And you know what? I think it actually worked because now you're hearing what I'm saying and I'm, and I'm telling you that I was being deceived because um, I think what the problem was, was I was believing too much in reality. I was looking at the things the way they were and I thought they really must be this way. Reality is truth. No, things, reality really happens it truly happens, but it's not the truth. And I've told you this little story so many times. But if you look at Jesus Christ, either hanging on the cross or in the manger in Bethlehem, look at him in either place, and you say, well, in reality, that kid doesn't have a choice. In reality, that guy's a total flop failure. He's a shame. His, his ministry, his words came to naught. He's, he's a disgrace. In reality, that all was true, truly, truly. But in truth, it's all a lie. Because in truth, he is the great King of God, King of Kings and Lord of Lords, the sacrificed Lamb of God, sent to redeem and rescue the world. And we totally miss it if you put it in the context of reality. You cannot live your life in the context of reality. You have to live it in the context of the Word of God. Do you get it? If you don't, you'll have that constant war like Jeremiah, like David, like we, every day tempted to cave, give in, get mad. Um, go away, drop out, uh, come into unbelief and double-mindedness. That's not God's plan for our life. And you know, faith is the victory that overcomes the world. So the Psalms are really battlegrounds. They're actually, sometimes we think they're actually songs. And I mean, that were set to, set to music. And it's very interesting. We think of it, you know, it's it's like it's poetry, you know, it's 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 teaching. It's it's, it's prayers. doctrine. It's prayers. There's their prayers, mm-hmm. but um, their their praises, songs of well, praise. Actually, but what in the Psalms? There's the it's the battleground. The Psalms are come out of a battleground. They talk about yep, the, the battle, battle that's going on, mm-hmm. the enemies, the sickness, the attacks, the, the oppression. Yep. The, the temptation to discouragement, all the that The need stuff. for rescue. <laughs> the need for rescue. rescue. These are the words that are rescue coming out of the me, souls oh of the men who, and women who write them. Right. These are the, this is the, the, the battle as you see it. So you're seeing prayers. You're seeing uh, desperation. You're seeing people who are overwhelmed. You know, it's really, really good to read the answer me speedily, O Lord, for my spirit fails. That's Psalm 143, verse 7. Do not hide your face from me. Lest I be like those who go down into the pit. Cause me to hear your loving kindness again, like I said, in the morning. We, this is where we, we win. We win when we turn our eyes towards the Lord God, towards his loving kindness, towards his mercy. The Lord is gracious, it says in Psalm 145, verse 8. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger and of great mercy. The Lord is good to all. His tender mercy is over all his works. You know, he even lets the rain he lets the rain and the sun fall on the just and he, the unjust. He gives breath. He gives breath and food to the vile and the wicked and those who are blasphemous and use his name in vain and don't even believe he exists. He is that big. He is that gracious. He is that secure that he can give breath even to his enemies because he is not unrighteous. He's not vindictive. He knows the battle. He knows the real enemy. He knows what the real enemy is trying to do to take your soul out. But God is good. It is time, whatever battle you're in, whatever battle, if you're trying to get get over uh, a broken relationship, you're trying to prove that you're righteous, you're trying to make a name for yourself, you're trying to quit uh, quit an addiction, you're, you're trying to find a better place to live, whatever, ever, ever it is, ever ba- the battle is, 
The battle is not yours. It is God's. And also, if you know this, that you are technically spiritually, um, but for all practical purposes, uh, in God's economy, we're dead with Christ. We're dead. We're dead men. So a dead man is not a human being walking around on the earth trying to promote, to promote his own cause. A dead man, we're, we're, we've been crucified with Christ, risen with Christ. We're now with, the, with Christ, with the things of the kingdom of God. We're here on earth still kind of marching it out, uh, you know, with the powers of darkness to declare the kingdom of God, the purposes of God in this world. You have a voice. Let your voice declare the goodness of God. Let your voice declare and bring hope to people. You know, we're instruments of righteousness in the hands of the Lord. We're servants of the Most High God. He gives you an assignment to do. It's not about you. It's not about the outcome. It's not about how it turned out. It, that's nothing to do with you. What has to do with you is by the grace of God, you did what God asked you to do. And you, then the devil says, oh, are you sure you did the will of God? You didn't look very good. You, were in, you got in trouble. You know what? It doesn't matter the outcome. It doesn't matter what it feels like. It doesn't even matter if the devil challenges you on doing the will of God. Here's the way you know the will of God. Number one, do you want to do the will of God? Answer the question. Do you want to do the will of God? What's your answer? Yes. Question number two, does God want you to do the will of God? And your answer is, well, of course. So you and God both agree that you want to do the will of God. Now, what does the devil want? Does he want you to do the will of God? No. So he votes against you doing the will of God, but you've already voted for the will of God and trusting that the Lord God himself through the power of his Holy Spirit will lead you and guide you into all truth. So what's the problem? You, you don't need to discuss, am I in the will of God? If you want the will of God, by the way, the will of God is the word of God, but if you want the will of God and you declare it and turn it over to God, don't you think he's going to get you and keep you in his will? That's his job. That's his problem. You are are not supposed to fuss over, well, am I in the will of God? Am I standing in the right place? Am I supposed to buy the pink car, the blue car? Your will is to, your will is to be. Be available, be grateful, and be God's. And God will send you where, and you know, you may be in the will of God when you think you're not. You may be in the will of God when you feel like you're totally out of the will of God. It doesn't, the feelings, the thinking does not matter. What matters is that you trust God to keep you in his will. And with that, there will be a, a certain depth of peace and gratefulness uh, as you walk in the spirit and the anxieties of the soul and the mind will be dis, uh, di, di, displaced by the, the praise and the presence of God. Well, th- that's a displacement. You know, the thing is, um, praise and thanksgiving is not just going into some happy place of a la-la land where, um, you know, you're denying yeah. what's really going on. Yeah. It's not a place of denial. No. It's a place of affirmation that God is good. God is right. God is righteous. God has got this. He's God's got this. Mm-hmm. No matter how crazy mm-hmm. and overwhelming it, it, it well, would be. Now, in our day, yeah. in our day here in America, the, 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 the evil is multiplying exponentially mm-hmm. around us. I mean, the manifestation. The darkness of is it. getting darker, and so it's like okay. But the light well, then gets brighter. Right, right. So we're to shine in the midst of a crooked, a crooked and, perverse and perverse generation. generation. Remember we, too, it says that we offer the sacrifice of joy, the sacrifice, sacrifice of, of praise. praise. Yeah. So it's it's something. It's sometimes our, it comes our, out of pain. It's our offering to yeah. God. It, and and the thing is, there's there's great power in prayer. But there's sometimes we are at the place where we feel like we are powerless to change certain situations. Mm-hmm. And we're feeling like because our prayer wasn't answered the way we wanted we it, thought it we, would then, then we believe that God didn't care or God didn't answer. Or God doesn't answer our prayers or God, it, d- it didn't matter. It was nothing to God. It was no big deal. He, he just blew past it. But the thing is, that's not true. Every 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 word, every cry, every tear, if every glass of water that's given in the name of a prophet or receives a prophet's reward, don't you think the cries of our hearts, the tears, they're 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 ca- they're caught up and put in jars and vessels, um, you know, in heaven. So it's like God doesn't drop one thing; He doesn't lose one thing. Not one of your breaths, not one of your words, not one of your glances, nothing. God, the dust on your feet that you carried out from a rebellious city is going to be used to judge that city. God does not lose or drop anything. 
for crying out loud. Let's get over feeling sorry for ourselves or, or trying to finalize, conclude this matter outside of what the book of Revelation says. Uh, you know, try to conclude it before God is done. God has finished this work from the foundation of the world. That's why he's in his seventh day of rest. He is resting right now because as far as he's concerned, even though we're, we're freaking out down here, <laughs> it's already been done. It's been done. And now we're just walking it out. It's, the script has been written, uh, so to speak, and, and we're just doing the drama. We're just, we're just going through it. Now, this isn't meaningless or purposeless. This is not because we're puppets. It's because we're given an opportunity to, com- to go to uh, complete the work of God in us and to be part of, participate with him in the great victories of heaven, to be joint heirs with Jesus Christ. This is an awesome calling. Um, and Jesus said, didn't he say, um, he who seeks to save his life is going to lose his life and you have to deny yourself and take up your cross and follow him. Didn't he say that? Where did he say that? I know he said that in one of the, um, Matthew, Mark, Luke. Yeah, Luke, well, he said it in a couple places. But he says, um, to de- to uh, if any man would be my disciple, let him deny himself. Deny himself. This is a critical phrase. Um, it's not about you. Deny yourself what you want, your ambitions, your goals, your deny. No, I am going to go for a higher calling. Not to say that it isn't a high calling to raise a family, and, and, and raise righteous children and teach them the, the truth of God or, or it's, it's not high enough calling to just go to work. No, deny yourself means it's not about you. It's n- not about you getting rid of your sin. It's not about you making a point. It's, not about, it's about the purposes of the kingdom of heaven. Thy will be done, O God. And part of that has to, the denial of self has to take place before we can move into the place of being disciples or followers of Jesus. Yeah, Jesus said the scripture you're referring to there, Marjorie, is Mark six, uh, Matthew 16, beginning with verse 24. Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Now, sometimes we think my cross is my my sickness, my suffering, my wife, my, my husband. cross to bear, yeah. Basically, taking up your cross, basically it's a one-way trip. Anybody back then with capital punishment being the cross, mm-hmm. they would pick up the cross beam and they would walk and they knew that when they were walking toward that place of crucifixion, it was a one-way trip. Yeah. There was no turning back. There's That's no what he's coming saying. back. Right. It's a one-way trip. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it and whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what is it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Mm-hmm. Or what will a man give in exchange for uh, in exchange soul. for his soul? So well, we see what some people are giving in exchange for their soul. They're, they're giving, yeah. Well, their soul is nothing to them because they're se- selling it out for a piece of bread, or for a piece, a of, pos- piece for of position, another high, another or drug. or to be uh, to have world dominion. What you want? World dominion of a, of a dump you, you, you of a run, garbage dump? You want to run all this? Yeah, what a a waste. But anyway, I got to say something about in Matthew where he's talking about this. Jesus is talking, if if anyone desires to come after me. Right before that, he's talking to Peter. And right before that, they have talked about who is Jesus Christ. And and Peter says, you are the the son of the living God. And Jesus says, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father in heaven. So upon that rock of Jesus Christ, the confession of Jesus being the son of God, the son of God. Okay. Not just the Son of Man, but the Son of God. Upon this confession, you know, uh, Jesus declared that that's what his, the foundation of his church would be. But then Peter, a little bit later, um, Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, Far be it from you, Lord, that this, which was, he was talking about the crucifixion, should happen to you, because Jesus was talking about being um, crucified. The elders would reject him. And then Jesus turned to him and said to Peter, it says, but he turned and said to Peter, quote, get behind me, Satan. You are an offense to me, for you do not, you are not mindful of the things of God, but of the things of men. So out of Peter's mouth, 20 seconds before that, basically, came this utterance, you are the son of God. And Jesus said, great, you got it. God revealed that to you. And then 20 seconds later, he's listening to the devil, and the devil says, no, no, this isn't going to happen. And Jesus had to call him out on it. He says, this is Satan. Get behind, get behind me, Satan. He wasn't saying Peter was Satan. He wasn't saying Peter was Satan. He was saying 
get behind me, Satan, you are an offense to me for you're not mindful of the things of God. But Satan was manifesting through the mouth of Peter, the, the one who had just got the divine revelation. So you can see how intense this war is, that one minute you can be walking in the spirit, moving under the revelation of Jesus Christ, and the next minute you can be, um, you know, saying the actual opposite of it. And this you know, this is why people get confused. They don't know who they are. They're trying to figure out who they are by what they see themselves doing and saying and thinking and feeling when all of that is about you. That's why you need to deny yourself. It's not about you. It's not about what you think, what you feel, what you say. Yes, that's very important. God wants us to be consistent in that. But don't take your cue about who you are or how things are going from the fake news or from the liar who's in your mouth right now. Take your cue and your clue from the word of God. God does not lie. He does not change. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so having a grateful heart causes us to really be reoriented in the battle where the footing gets messy and we slip and we fall and we drop our sword and, and all kinds of things happen. Um, God is the one who picks us up. God is, is the faithful one. He, is, he knows you. He loves you. He, he's not willing that any should perish. There's not a hair of your head that that falls off that he doesn't know about it he knows about the sparrows who fall from the sky he knows he's right there with you he's right and but i think the problem is we forget that that's obscured from us we put you know you put the quarter over your eyeball and you can't see the sun the sun is there it didn't go anywhere but you didn't you can't see it now because of this tiny little quarter that's not even a, a zillionth of what the sun is in size and and yet you this is what we do so reorienting re um calibrating re restoring getting grateful again um and and to, it, it's it that praise that thanksgiving that word of faith can move the mountains really of the impossible that stand or withstand us that praise can open the doors that no man can shut that praise can recover your lost loved ones it, it praise and thanksgiving blessing them bless those who curse you if it's your own kids cursing you, bless them, forgive them, release them from your judgment and turn it over to God because Satan is using them to judge you. Satan is using them to judge themselves. Satan is using them to believe lies about you. So ask God to judge those demons and restore unto you your sweet, precious children. Do not give up on them because you can't, because you love them, because love never fails. So when we're oriented in thanks, thankfulness, we're, we're put back on the rock of truth that God is who he says he is, and we are okay by hoping. Our hope is in God. It's okay to hope. It's good to hope. Without hope, there's no point. So having a grateful heart is the sign of having a good heart, a healthy heart, a heart that has overcome the terror of reality and the injustices of demonic oppression and the unanswered prayers um, that have taught our heart, tried to teach our heart to grow cold. Thanksgiving is the expression of love and faith in the goodness of the Heavenly Father and that he has not left us or forsaken us, that he is always with us wherever we go, that no matter how long we're here and who thought we'd still be here in 2018, that God is with us. He will never leave us orphans or forsake us. The, it is the, that thankfulness really that changes our lives and changes the world. And there's another aspect of thankfulness that is that we express toward God. If we're thankful toward God, we'll be thankful to others. And I think expressing appreciation to mm -hmm. others yep. for, for their help, for their encouragement, for their attitude, it really blesses them and honors them. Mm -hmm. You know, I think it blesses them. Yes. Encourages some people them, yeah. just don't want to, you yeah. know, it's like sometimes we think, well, who would we rather give something to somebody that's thankful or somebody that's unthankful? <laughs> God is good. He, like you said, he gives, blessing to the unthankful mm -hmm. and, and as well as to the thankful but it's important to, to express appreciation also to others mm -hmm. who have helped us and who have blessed us in many ways. it's a way of honoring them and encouraging them and another thing too here just to kind of close this out <clears throat> psalm 107 there and, and it's all oh, that oh give thanks to the lord for he is good for his mercy endures forever lest the redeemed of the Lord say mm -hmm. so, whom he hath redeemed Hallelujah. from the hand of the enemy. And the four, there's this phrase, this next phrase is repeated four times in Psalm 107. 
Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Amen. Oh, that we would give thanks to you, Lord God. We pray that this wonderful time of the year, when we not only think about Thanksgiving and you and your greatness and your goodness and your kindness and the blessings of bringing Jesus to Bethlehem to be our rescuer, to be our hero, redeemer. Lord, we thank you and we pray that you put that attitude of gratitude in our hearts, that you give us victory over the, the, the soul wars that have been going on inside of us and that we'd walk in faith and, and smile and love one another. In Jesus' name. That you'd give us victory over an attitude of complacency, murmuring, mm-hmm. entitlement. Yes. Set us free from these things. Father God. And we'll be thankful to you in everything, in every situation. Amen. Rejoicing and thanking and praising you. Thank we you, We love Jesus. you, Lord, and we thank you for all your wonderful goodness, kindness, and mercy to us. And we thank you, Father, for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Have a blessed Thanksgiving. I have an emergency. What is your location? Because there's a war for your soul.